mean, you've been putting in work for so long. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Putting In Work. I'm John Peck, and this week for episode 11, we are joined by a very cool guy, Adam B. Metal. That is his name, and it's very appropriate because he is best known, perhaps, for being a forming member of Frankenbock, a Melbourne metal band that's been around since 1997. Uh, he left that a few years after they started and eventually recorded his own album under the name The Departed, where he actually wrote all the music on the entire album. The Departed's done some really cool stuff down in Warrnambool, where Adam lives. And since then, he's actually been included in a couple of video game soundtracks, uh, most notably a little indie game called Rocket League, which has sold more than 10.5 million copies since being released in 2015. So Adam's here to talk not only about his career as a heavy metal musician, but as a video game composer and all the things that that involves. It's really interesting to see how these things work in the background, particularly with Psyonix, the studio that developed Rocket League. So listen up and enjoy the show. Thanks for joining me, Adam. It's good to talk to you as always. Yeah, thanks for having me. Your career as a musician mm-hmm. began way back, well, probably before I was even aware of what you were doing with Frankenbock, but can you just kind of talk me through the beginning of getting a picture of yourself as a career musician? Yeah, sure. Um, I Goodness, I, th- I think um, it depends on how far back you want to go, but <laughs> the first <laughs> the first um, proper, I would say the proper musical working musician experience was definitely with Frankenbach. I was with that band for, I think, about four years. I think I can't, I can't remember. I, I often forget how long I was with them, but <laughs> that was when I first obviously started taking it really seriously and trying to uh, you know, I guess you could say hone my craft in a way, like trying to get better at, at doing what I do and and learning what kind of musician I want to be. And it almost felt <laughs> I often describe that as almost being like a like a bit of a music musical university, like a musical course in a way, because it taught me so much about you know what it's like to be in a proper band, you know how you need to conduct yourself and all that sort of stuff. And I learned a lot of really important lessons, a lot of a lot of hard lessons too. There, there's it's it's definitely not all you know, what everyone thinks it is, you know, there's, there's a lot of hard work in there and, and it made me appreciate the things that people do, especially musicians that work by themselves, you know, that work as like a solo act or whatever, like there's, there's so much work that goes in, but, but yeah, they, they um, they kind of gave me my, my first, I guess, shot at trying to do it properly, we'll say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know. I, I, you're having to balance both sides of there's recording there's composing music and then there's yep. the touring and promoting it so it yep definitely probably a, a baptism of, of experiencing all those things at once i imagine oh my goodness yeah totally um I, like i was in i was in a, a full-blown proper um you know in, international quality studio in the first six months of being in the band like uh, re- recording vocals for songs i'd written you know a couple of months before and and you know th- with the with the pressure of having a record label paying for the time in the studio. So what you're doing needs to be at, at as be- best as it can be. Um, mm. so that was, that was really, it was great. Like I loved every second of it, but it was really, um, if I had thought about it too hard, it might have, might have drove me a little bit crazy, but, but I just yeah. sort of, I, I was just too busy enjoying myself to, to really, to really think about it too hard. But, and then you've got your national tours and you've got your international tours. You've got your, your big headline supports. And yeah, like it's, it's really like those first six to eight months in that band were really, you, I learned, learned so much about the opportunities that, that are present from being in a, in a, in a band such as that with, with, um, 
you know, uh, like things like that uh, that become available to you that, that aren't so much available to you when you're just starting out or you're in a little band or anything like that. So that's cool. And so, how did you move into the next phase? I, I think it was actually like going into, like, say, Departed and, and wanting to do a lot of stuff on my own. Like, I got a bit of a taste for it in that in the last album I did with the band. Like, I, got, I had more creative control over writing songs and all that sort of stuff. And that was really good. And I think that sort of led me into wanting to maybe go. And do something like there was, like there was a sort of dark period there with that band before I left, where we just didn't see eye to eye, and it resulted in us all separating and uh, uh, me separating from them, basically. Also, the, uh, my desire to want to move to Warnable from Melbourne to you know start looking at you know living in an, an environment where it's you know easy, better to re- raise a family in and all that sort of stuff. But above all that, like that led to me going, all right, well now's a good time for me to start looking at the Departed. You know what what do I want to do with this band? What do I want to do with this music and all that sort of thing. Um, and that's kind of how that began. Very cool. Tell me a little bit about your history as a gamer and how you crossed into that industry as a musician as well. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird one. <laughs> um, <laughs> it has to be, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, I suppose it does. I suppose there's, there's, there's probably no real way that this can happen organically. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, in the traditional sense. Basically, um, f- most people won't know that um, I was a part of a, or am, am a part of a, um, a video game or a, a, a gaming culture podcast, I guess you can say, is the main thing we did called Rant yep. Theory. When we were really cooking, we were doing like a fortnightly podcast at one point. The biggest break came from that, but I mean, I also, um, a probably little known fact for most people, like I had a, I had music in other, another game called APB at one point, which was like, um, almost like an open world Grand Theft Auto style MMO. Right. They had a, um, public submissions for songs and I was lucky enough to get one of my, one of my songs from The Departed actually into that soundtrack. So that's kind of where it started. But then the real big, I guess the big start was, getting in touch with the guys from Psyonix who um, mm. most people know from Rocket League but won't know that they started with a game called Super Soccer- Supersonic Acrobatic Rocket Power Battle Cars. Not as catchy as Rocket League. Not quite. I mean, I like it, but um, <laughs> it's not for everyone. <laughs> it's descriptive. It's it is. descriptive. I think you know what you're getting. Yeah. I would often, on the podcast, I would often do, um, <clears throat> obviously being a musician and enjoying writing, writing songs, I would often write little weird, I guess, Things like well, like little songs, little little bits here and there that may or may not le- uh, be from like say someone said something stupid in the podcast. I'd make a song about it, or you know, in the case of the game we were talking about at this particular podcast, which is Supersonic Acrobatic Battle Battle Cars again. Um, I thought that's a dumb name for. Um, we all thought that was a dumb name for like a Saturday morning cartoon, and we discussed that, and we kind of riffed on some ideas on the podcast about how that yeah how that would work into a song and then I decided oh well let's let's actually make this into a thing and um mm. I started writing the music for it and myself and 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 uh, Chris Wanwell or most people know him as Omo on the podcast we did some vocals on it and and I sort of snuck it into the podcast and it ended up being one of those things that I think a lot of people actually really liked but the biggest thing was Nathan our, our um the other um part of of Rant Theory he actually sent it to um, Psionics, who were only a small company at the time, and said, "Hey, we, you know, we spoke about your game, and we really like it. But also, you know, Adam, one of our guys, d- you know, wrote a song. You know, you might get a kick out of it." And sure enough, they they loved it, and they thought it was great. And, and believe it or not, they actually were going with the Saturday morning cartoon vibe when they created the the title, which is really funny. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, they they basically said, "This is really cool. We want to put it on the intro music before you start the game." 
And that's kind of where it all started from there. And I, I made a dialogue with them from that point and sort of been in touch with them ever since. So That's cool. How did it get into the game? If the, Was the game already released at that point or were you talking uh, about it pre-release? This, this was actually, it had already been out for maybe six months. Yeah. And then from that- So, they patched it in? Absolutely. Yeah. They, they actually went, to the, went yeah. to the effort of actually putting it in afterwards, which I thought was, was, was really cool of them, actually. That is cool. Yeah. And do you find that people have gone back to that game since Rocket League came out and discovered it? I haven't really- myself sort of seen anyone or no one's come to me and sort of said, oh, you know, this and that or anything. I was like, I've got the songs on YouTube and I often yeah. check because it's kind of cool to see how many people actually still find that song and think it's hilarious, um, which is actually a little bit, but whether or not they still play that game, I think Rocket League's such a huge thing now that I think it's really hard to go back to, especially considering, I mean, both games are very similar, but Rocket League is just such a finely tuned machine compared to the original game that I think... Um, it, it's like going from Dark Souls back to Demon Souls. Like it really is. It's a, it's a hard ask, but I guess the diehards might. But um, yeah. maybe that's where the real challenge lies these days is going back to <laughs> going back to the original and playing that. But yeah. <laughs> so from the predecessor, which I won't say because I can't get it right, but um, <laughs> did they contact you about Rocket League? You know, we're working on this sequel called Rocket League, or did you kind of just have a dialogue that meant that you were always involved? I always sort of kept tabs on them and what they were doing and um like could, purely with the with the goal in mind of hoping to work with them once again because it was I mean it was it was great it was an excellent experience but to to be able to be a part of something from the ground up and actually help them create something before it ever becomes it before it actually happens was my goal mm. so I, I would I would often contact them and say hey what's what's happening or you know when I found out about a game that they were doing or anything they were involved with I'd sort of say hey look you know I'm still available if you want some stuff done and and then when Rocket League became something that people started to know a bit more about I contacted them and said hey would would you guys be interested in me writing another song? And they were super duper on board. They were like, yes, that'd be really cool. It was meant to be something that happened, I think, before the game actually came out. But obviously, um, there, there's actually a really interesting and quite well put together documentary on Rocket League um, on YouTube by a channel um, by a gentleman called Danny O'Dwyer, who used to work yeah. at uh, GameSpot US, which you may have heard of. Yes. Um, he has... he. he yeah, he, well, you've, you're familiar with No Clip. They've done that Rocket League um, documentary. Um, and it's fantastic. And that gives you a really good insight into how not only Sionix as a company, but Rocket League as a game and, and, and its early days. So, so knowing what they went through early on, I understand why I wasn't in at the start <laughs> of that game. They had so many other things to worry about, but eventually they did get back to me again and said, yep, we still want to do something. Um, I'd actually initially contacted them and said, Hey, I got the game because it was free on PS plus, mm. got the game and said, Hey, this game's awesome. You guys are done a fantastic job really really great by the way you know if you did want to do something still i'm open for it thinking they wouldn't they'd be like no nah, the game's done now we don't we don't need it but they're like yep still keen let's do it and from there it was working actually with um, mike alt who's the musical director for psionics and uh, it was a collaborative experience with him to to you know make changes and he did ma the mastering on the track he added in some strings and all that sort of stuff so it was a really really cool experience working with him collaboratively online to get that song to where it is now basically yeah. and that song's basically the end credits of the dlc was it yeah i think it was the season one um end credits song yeah it was it was meant to be uh, there's a, a story i won't go into because it's not a good story but there it was actually meant to be a much more prominent piece of that first DLC pack. Mm. It was actually meant to be, believe it or not, it was meant to be in the YouTube trailer for the for the for that pack. It was meant to be the opening song for that 
for that um, pack as well, but some things happened and it didn't quite work out, unfortunately. But um, but yeah, it is now a part of that um that end credit, which is still really really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they ran a competition for it as well. People made film clips for it, and yeah, it was it was it was a great um experience to be a part of that. It was awesome. And it's probably one of the biggest independent games of the last couple of years. Which oh my goodness, that's saying yeah. so much really these days the way. Games are made. I think thirty people worked on that game, and it just it sold something like <laughs> eight million copies. <laughs> it's amazing. Like it's such a gamble for them. I think to go plus on PS yeah. Plus, but it turned out to be the best thing for them. You know, like it was just it was just crazy. And the fact that like you look at that game and you play that game, and it really does blur the line between what AAA and what uh, indie is. Mm. Like there really is is hard to just to make a distinguishing uh, like analysis of that. Like you know, they are both. Um, they could be one thing or the other, but that really does sort of skirt the line quite well. Um, if you didn't know, you would think, you know, EA or someone was behind yeah. it, you know, like it's, it's just a, it's just a, such a finely polished machine. And do you feel like having worked on these two games now and the second one being so huge, that's kind of, you've got your foot even more in the door? I'd like to think so, but like, I mean, what I do is so specific. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's really hard. Like I've, I've tried to, especially in that particular song, like with bringing in elements of electronic music and all that sort of thing, tried to really branch out a bit more into, into elements of songwriting I've never done before. Mm. Also leaving myself wide open for collaboration. I'm, I'm generally quite closed off when it comes to writing music. I like to be in control, which is both a, um, a blessing and a curse. It can be at times, but, mm. but those two things in that. I think helped me to sort of expand a little bit more. Um, so I hope that that does in some ways it shows a little bit of more range for me to work with them. So if they did have something that didn't require, a, you know, a, a, a funny little rock song, maybe it's something that I can, like my, my inspiration is, is basically Mick Gordon who did the Doom soundtrack, which is just an absolutely brilliant soundtrack. Um, and, and I, I aspire to do something like that someday where, there is no restriction on the type of music you can put yeah. as the main piece of the game. That, that game is basically all industrial and heavy metal, and it just fits that game so perfectly. So one day, hopefully, I, I may be able to do something like that where it's not something where I have to, I guess, go too much out of my comfort zone, but I can I can really sh- showcase what I do well and, and complement a game with that. So um, it's a dream, but you never know. It could happen. Yeah. Um, definitely trying to keep you know my options open with those guys and let them know that I'm still alive and, <laughs> and that I still want to work with them. So um, they're all really good guys. So, I mean, you know, who knows? Maybe one day. Very cool. Maybe uh, Tim Schafer will put out another Brutal Legend or something. Oh, mate. <laughs> oh, mate. <laughs> That'd be pretty fun, actually. Yeah. That'd be awesome. So through your, I guess, career as a musician, moving from a metal band to a metal band that's completely your own, like you wrote everything for The Departed, and then doing yep. the the composition for a soundtrack. What's been the hardest part of, uh, I guess, any particular piece of that journey? Probably the hardest part, I think, going from a band to, to something by yourself is finding out how much work people really do. Yeah. Like, I think about the things that, like, for example, Mick Morley, the drummer from Frankenbach, um, who's no longer with the band now. He's only just, uh, I think, just a little bit under six months or 12 months. Actually, probably about 12 months out of the band now. The amount of work that that guy did after leaving the band and discovering that I couldn't do all that stuff, <laughs> I just had the utmost respect, even more so. I already did, but you know, like seeing what he done to get that, keep that band floating was just, just absolutely amazing. So I really discovering that and knowing that, you know, it's not all about writing songs like that. I can do until, until forever. I've got no problems writing songs and 
and all that sort of thing, whether they're good or not, it's up to everyone else, but I can do that. That's not a problem. Production's fine, all that sort of thing. But the business side of it and booking shows and all that sort of thing, I found out pretty quickly that I'm not really built for that sort of thing. I'm not a promotions or, or PR kind of guy. Um, and that was really, tr- that was really tough because trying to maintain control of the band and trying to be the guy that does everything, yet not being able to do the things that get you out there more, um, made it, made it really tricky. Um, so that was probably the toughest thing, I think. Um, and also trying to not be too controlling over, over music, like trying to let people have more of a say in, in that, you know, like knowing that other people have got really good ideas and they, even though they don't know your vision in your head, you, they can still compliment in some really good ways. So, yeah. yeah. I imagine that with psionics, a huge part of that was maintaining a relationship and, you know, continuing to show that you were someone that would work hard to do something that, that would be beneficial to them as yeah. well. Yeah, definitely. So how did that work? Like as far as, as far as like continuing to talk to them, you mean? I mean, just proving that you were worthy of their time. Like they'd heard a song that you'd done a few years earlier, but Rocket League was such a, a huge thing by comparison that may, I'm, I'm just thinking maybe they would have been, oh, you know, we could probably get anyone to do this, but it's this a, guy's it's worked a really good before. Question. Mm. He's, a, he's a good dude and he's going to do something that fits with us so well. So how do you think you ma- managed to convince them of that? Oh, man, it's, it's a really good question because I often don't think about it because I feel like if I did, I probably would never have contacted them. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, um, yeah. like it could have so easily gone that way. But I, I think it's a credit to them for giving me a chance. Like, I mean, that, that original game, I probably played maybe 10, 15 hours of it. I didn't really play that much in the grand scheme of things. But knowing that I was there at the start when they were no one, I guess maybe they just saw that and being the kind of people and the good the good people that they are, I've had some, you know, I've generally had some really good conversations with them and, and you know, not just, not just you know, like Mike, the, 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 the music guy, but... Um, like Dave, the CEO, like the actual boss of the company. I've had many conversations with him and he's contacted me directly via email to talk about stuff and they just seem so down to earth. I think that something like that maybe doesn't even cross their mind. I think they are happy to have help from anyone that's um, willing but also able to maybe add to it in some way so not just let any old person come in like myself not included but um you know like if they see someone that's going to be able to bring something of 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 worth they will do that and give them a chance so i think it's a credit to them for being so open-minded um more than my actual talent because i mean what i did i think anybody could do but they they gave me that chance and and that's something i'll always be thankful for and hope that i one day get another chance to do it even more so again so yeah Shout out to Jeremy Dunham. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I guess a huge part of that too is just being willing to put yourself out there and ask because, you know, even with this podcast, there's been some really, some guests that I've been really pleased to connect with. And a huge part of, yep. you know, a lot of these things is just putting yourself out there and being willing to face the potential for rejection. Absolutely. Cause that could, they could, you know, so easily say no or, mm. you know, or not contact me back at all. That, that's the other, I think that's nearly worse. Is if um yeah. <laughs> if someone just doesn't get back to you, which you know I've had that with with some people and some situations where I, I want to maybe collaborate or do some things and it's a long shot, but at the same time, it's like if you don't do it, you'll never know. So you've got to take those hits, and not everything's going to be a uh, you know something where they they are willing to take a, a risk on you or are even interested in what you do. You know, it could be just something you just don't fit, um, which is something I've I've grown accustomed to just being 
someone that plays heavy metal or plays hard, heavier music, hard rock, whatever you want to call it, you get you get that built into you that, you know, not everyone likes what you do, but so when someone does, it's like, oh, wow, okay, that's fantastic. You know, you just, you just, you're so thankful for the opportunity. And what would be your advice for people that want to get into either composing music for video games or for people that just want to be in an awesome metal band? Oh, goodness. Um, <laughs> um, I think, I mean, if you want to talk about metal bands or even just in general bands, like, I think once again, the biggest thing I learned was be, be able to be able to go both ways. And what I mean by that is be be ready to do everything yourself, but also don't be afraid to let people help. Um, sure. I think I I kind of I really dipped into both pools with both Frankenbach and The Departed. Like in in Frankenbach, it was heavily collaborative, and that's all I'd ever known. With previous bands, you know, that weren't big bands. So yeah, we always worked together. So there was always that allure of going. Um, I don't want to say going solo because that's that's not what I what I did, but like doing it all yourself, like DIY, like I can do this myself, I can promote, I can produce, I can write, I can do all that stuff. So I always had that allure to do that, and that's great. And a lot of people still want to do that, but you can't discredit the amount of work that other people do, even the little things that you forget about or that you don't necessarily have a good handle on. Like you know, like those are the things that are really important. So. I think going going into both um, both avenues is really important, but obviously not leaning too heavily into one or the other. Pu- pulling your own weight in a band, but also you know being able to sort of go, okay, well, it, I can do this part without having to worry about you know having a million people there to help me. So um, that's a really hard balance, and I think that's that's something that I think a lot of bands can probably take take as advice and and hopefully make themselves better um and i'm only saying this because i'm old and i can say (laughs) that um but um but yeah that would definitely be helpful and i mean as far as like getting in on like stuff like what i did with with rocket league and stuff i think it's it is all about luck and i mean i I credit that to starting because of nathan and omo like those guys you know nathan contacted cynix i didn't do it you know omo helped me with this first song so those guys really helped me to get to where and they have no desire to do what I did but they helped me to do it myself so so that was really lucky for me but you know having said that I would probably still be sending emails to people anyway you know like just to just to make sure they know I exist so so I think putting yourself out there like you said being okay with taking those negative or silence like not getting anything in return and just not letting that deter you um, I know that I know that that's a thing because I'm doing it right now. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, like I know that's something that a lot of people can hopefully take on board and, and take that as a positive thing. So um, there's never a, there's never a final answer. You just got to keep going until you don't want to do it anymore. Basically, so yeah. No, that's good. The question that I ask everyone on this show is: if you could do anything and know that you wouldn't fail, what would you do? Oh, um, man. Oh goodness. If I know that I wouldn't fail. I mean, I kind of give everything a go knowing that maybe I'll, you know, maybe it'll kind of go pear-shaped. So, <laughs> it's kind of like one of those things. Um, Oh, goodness. Like, I think for me at this point in my life, I think being able to do something that is gaming-related. I mean, it, these days for me, like, I'm all about the analog experience of gaming. Like, I'm heavily into tabletop gaming these days. And so, a lot of my focus on, on what I want to do in future, as well as music, is 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 developing locally in, in Warnable a, a healthy community of tabletop gamers. So, I think for me, being able to do something where I can make that 
more of it, like as prominent as video games, like whether that be yeah. with, you know, a local uh, gaming store or, you know, a, a YouTube channel or something related to that and know that I could put my whole 110% into it and like say not work, for example, and just yeah. focus on doing that. I think that would be, that would be really cool. Cause for me at the moment, like my, my focus is, is showing people how cool that side of gaming is because it's very social and I think people forget how good social gaming is. Yeah, which is a bit of a weird one for me, I think. But, you know, once you get older, you start to sort of shift as far as like what you see as being important and I think that that's a very important thing. So, yeah, it's a bit of an odd one. I think because I've done the music thing and I'm yeah. sort of, you know, the video game things like something I've given a go at too, you know, obviously with, with Rant Theory. And so now it's all about new challenges really. So then I think those new challenges are the ones you're afraid of failing at the most, but you just got to give them a crack, so. That's really interesting, and I suppose if you're if you're, <laughs> you're playing board games instead of getting shot by fourteen year olds uh, in Call of Duty, it's a bit of a different <laughs> atmosphere, isn't it? Slightly, yeah. slightly. I don't get I don't get as many um uh you know as much shade thrown at me as uh, you know my my sexual preferences or my gender or you know all that sort of thing. Mother, you don't miss any of that yeah. sort of stuff. Or my mum, yeah, I mean, it's not cool. <laughs> if that's happening at the but, yeah. tabletop games, then you might need to rethink. You may be playing with the wrong people. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Especially if you're playing with your mum. Yeah. <laughs> that could get a little awkward, hey? It could get odd. <laughs> Thanks for, for the chat, Adam. It's been really good. Uh, the song, Rocket League song, uh, if people want to find it on your YouTube channel, they can just search for... Uh, I believe it's just under Rocket League Throwback Anthem, and it's just under my personal um, YouTube channel. But I think if you just Google it, you can find it. It's also on Spotify as well. Yeah, I've just got some ungodly amount of streams on it now, which is just a bit overwhelming. But yeah, yeah, that's a pretty cool thing. So yeah, jump on there um, and have a bit of a laugh at how ridiculous that song really is. That's it. <laughs> Thanks for hanging out. Yeah, man. That was Adam B. Metal. You can catch him on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Adam B. Metal. Make sure you check out Rant Theory and all the cool stuff he's doing with those guys as well. As always, you can find me on social media at Johnny himself. Let me know who you want to see as a guest. I'll see what I can do. And until next week, keep putting in work.